Hello, Tea Crew, and welcome to a brand new episode of Tea Talk with Sha. Today, we're going to be talking about all the trending topics all over social media and the internet. And we're also going to be doing a deep dive into Daddy's Cult, the cult that is taking over TikTok. You're not going to want to miss this episode. Stay tuned. All right, tea crew, I hope you have your mugs ready because this tea is piping. So the first topic, Jada um, Pinkett Smith is under fire for the comments that she made at the red table and it's going down once again. So earlier this year, which seems like two years ago, but it was this year, um, Jada faced controversy when August Alsina came out and discussed their relationship and the whole entanglement word came up. Will and Jada took it to the red table and kind of laid their cards out there. And it just became like meme central for Jada and Will. Um, And then more recently, Will has spoken up about their sex life and their marriage and the fact that he didn't think that their marriage would be a prison. So he continued to you know, not have an open marriage, but they were open to doing other things, I guess, outside of their marriage. I'm still confused about what their marriage actually entails. Um, but then once again, their sex life comes into question when Jada had Gwyneth Paltrow at the red table discussing her new show, Love, Sex, and Goop, that's on Netflix. And Jada once again disclosed information about their life and relationship that has her back in the memes and back in the headlines. So the comments that Jada made was basically over a long marriage, you know, you really have to work at keeping your sex life alive because as the years go on, it becomes harder and harder to keep the spice in your marriage, right? That seems kind of harmless, but with the things that have happened in the past, the letters to Tupac every year, then the entanglement with August Alsina. I did a poll recently on our Instagram page asking RT crew, do you just want them to stop talking about their sex life at this point? And a hundred percent of you said yes. So (laughs) we are just tired of hearing it. I don't know if it's because Jada's at the red table. So she always feels like if she has guests come on to her show, then she needs to be open and give them you know, a little piece of her life and her experiences. But like I said on our Instagram page, and I've said previously when we talked about this couple, I think they've given us way too much of their experiences. And now their marriage has become for all intents and purposes, like a huge joke. I mean, they talk about polyamory. She talks about being open. They talk about having relationships during their marriage. I mean, it's just like, all over the place at this point. And people are starting to say it's just straight up struggle love. Well, the celebrities have taken to Instagram to weigh in on the topic. Caesar of Black Ink said that, you know, (laughs) he wants a wife, but not one like Will has. And he said, God, take your time. I just feel like that's so rich coming from him. Sir, you have so many issues in your family. I know you're not talking about somebody else's family issues, but I'll move on. Um, Future then took it a step further. Uh, There was a meme out that um, 
Will Smith should start hanging out with Future because Future, as we all know, is notorious for just being all in these streets, being a city boy, the captain of the city boys, in fact. And um, they said that Will should hang out with him to get a better handle for, I don't know, whatever situations that he has going on. And then Future saw this meme and he reposted it and said he'd rather hang out with Jada. I was like, you know what? This has just, and then he created merch and somebody literally said this and I completely agree. This man is 40 years old and he's still riding a wave. Like it's not cute and it's not funny. I don't know why he's still doing this. Like at this point you should be embarrassed. All your baby's mothers have moved on and done things with their life and you're still sitting here talking about how much of a city boy you can be like it's insane i'm messing me some future music but future like i'm i really relish the day when he really pulls it together and you know starts to be a more responsible adult like you can't live off those little good looks and trap beats forever i mean you need to start gathering yourself but anyway, back to the Smiths. I just, again, I would just love to reiterate if they ever get a little snippet of this podcast, y'all stop bringing up your sex life. This is what happens, right? People come to the table. It's tea for tea. So they give you a little tea about their marriage, their relationship, what's going on with them. And you feel like you have to give them tea back. You don't have to give them tea back. I mean, when they come onto the Red Table Talk, they know what it's giving. So you don't have to go tea for tea. Let them spill their tea. And you sit back and say, mm, interesting. And you let Graham weigh in, let Willow weigh in. And that's it. Then no more sound bites. Because I hate to see my girl Jada get dragged like this every single time. And I honestly feel like she's just being honest with herself. And, um, as I always say too, we don't know the dirt that Will has done just because he's been more discreet. Y'all want to drag her all through the street. She's not the kind of wife I want. Da, 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 da. You don't know anything about the ins and outs of their marriage for real. And you don't know what he's done in the background, in the back, in the bar, in the shadows. You know what I mean? So everybody's so quick to judge, but I hate to see my girl Jada continuously get dragged. So let them spill theirs. You hold yours. We got your tea. We know your tea, you know, at this point. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the next story, which unfortunately is a more serious one. Zayn Malik is um, having four counts of assault against him in an altercation with his future mother-in-law at the time, Yolanda Hadid. Um, apparently Zayn was in the house with their child, um, the child that he shares with Gigi Hadid and, uh, you know, there was an altercation, obviously Gigi wasn't there. Yolanda came to the house uninvited and Zayn yelled at her and pushed her, shoved her out of the house. And, um, you know, I guess a few days after the altercation, Yolanda went to file a police report and um, bring about charges. And that's when somebody close to the family leaked it to the press. Zane has come out and said that while there was an altercation, it's a private matter and they would appreciate privacy at this time. Gigi confirmed that the couple is broken up, um, but she also asked for privacy at this time. This was such a sad story for me. I really loved Zane. He was my favorite member of One Direction. Love listening to the music and all that. And it was just, you know, sad to see them have all these issues. And I just couldn't understand, like, 
you know, Yolanda said he had demons, he was drinking, he was using drugs, but I also feel like that's real convenient to say now they've had an altercation. Although I do believe that something happened between them. I just really want to see like what led up to it. You know, was he afraid for the baby? Some people are saying that Yolanda showed up, um, drunk and that she was intimidating him. So he felt like he had to protect the baby and not let her in the house. So we're going to get more details on this story as it develops, but we're just, you know, praying for everybody involved, whether they stay together or not, they still have to co-parent. And I would hate to see Zane lose his parental rights because of, a miscommunication or something that wasn't a whole truth coming out in the story. You know what I mean? Because we've all seen Yolanda on Housewives and we know, you know, how she gets down at times. So we shall see and we'll give you more updates on that. All right, moving into the next story, Cynthia Bailey um, is being questioned in the relation of Mike Hill's cheating rumors. Now, Cynthia Bailey has just left Real Housewives of Atlanta, and she has not been keeping quiet about why she left. She said one of the main reasons why she left is to focus on her family, primarily her new marriage to Mike Hill. Now, Mike Hill, in his own book, discusses his cheating past. He has daughters. He's cheated on their moms. And he's discussed this in his book. And this is something that Cynthia had brought up on the show that was kind of like a deal breaker for her because she had dealt with cheating with, you know, ex relationships and she had that situation with Peter. So she was just like, you know, cheating is a deal breaker for me at this point in my life. So before she said, I do, you know, she said her and Mike really had to dive deep into his cheating, why he did it, you know, why he thinks he won't do it in the future and all this stuff like that. So, you know, Cynthia claimed that she got to the bottom of it, but it looks like there could be something going on now. And people close to the couple are saying this is a huge reason why Cynthia stepped away from Housewives. The rumor is that she was given an option for a friend of the show contract, pretty lucrative one at that, um, where she would do a minimum of eight episodes as a friend of the show in the upcoming season of Real Housewives of Atlanta. And she turned it down because she did not want these cheating rumors to play out on the show. Now that's just, that's alleged. That's allegedly what people are saying is going on. Who's to know for sure. She probably had a combination of reasons why she stepped away from the show. But I will say when you have a new marriage and you're on a reality show, that's a lot of pressure to put on yourself as a newlywed. God knows I wouldn't want to watch back every single moment in detail of, you know, the first year of my marriage while, you know, it's fine, but it's just like having to watch back those little details. Like it could be a lot. So I think for that reason alone, she was smart to get off the show and really her storyline was completed. You know, she came on there, married Peter, their marriage fell apart. You saw her as a single woman. You saw her as a businesswoman. You saw her as a single mom co-parenting with Leon. Like you saw it all. Like her story came to a complete finish and I was happy for Cynthia. So it just made sense for me, in my opinion, that she would leave the show. But if this is another reason why she'll leave the show, well, I mean, nobody wants to see their dirty laundry splattered all over TV every Sunday. So I can understand that too. Um, as far as the allegations, 
a woman is alleging that Mike sent her nude photos via the um, app Snapchat. She's also alleging that Mike was trying to set up dates to be with her, to come see her. And he was constantly saying different times when Cynthia would be away. People that follow her like that, because I honestly don't follow her Instagram, her social medias to know when she's taking trips to here and there and doing different stuff, say that the text messages do correspond to trips Um, that Cynthia has taken where she's been away from Mike. That's what they say. This is all alleged. I I wasn't going back that far into the different posts to see, does this match up to when she was away? I'm not doing all that, but people that have done it, (laughs) they say that that was accurate to when Cynthia was away, that he was messaging this woman. Um, Mike has, uh, has already responded. He said that this is not true. Um, that he has never sent nudes to anyone. He said he also doesn't use the Snapchat app. Um, I don't really think that he's cheating, to be honest. I I feel like men over 40 really aren't using Snapchat like that. I just don't see, I mean, maybe it's a sneaky link. Maybe that's why he's using it, but I really don't see him creating a Snapchat for the purpose of cheating and then using his real name and all that like I don't think he's dumb enough to do that to be honest that's just my opinion but you know I hope he's not doing that and wish them the best of luck and whatever's going on at least it won't be all over for a storyline you know if you can save your relationship or if there's nothing going on it's just better to not have it on tv and blow up like that all right let's move on to the next topic Brittany Renner denies trapping her ex PJ Washington. So Brittany Renner is famous for, you know, being a cougar, being like a woman who runs around grabbing up men, a gold digger and stuff like that. And she sat down with academics, um, recently and she was discussing how there's a double standard when it comes to women. She was like, PJ was an adult when we met. I fell hard for him. I wasn't forcing him into having a child with me. He told me he felt like the timing was right. I felt like the timing was right. And then, you know, we decided to have a child. Um, and she talks about how age gaps and things like that are only a problem when the woman's older and the man is younger. And then you get this narrative of the woman preying on the man when it's the other way around. Many people don't look at it that way. And I think, you know, while I don't agree with everything that Brittany Renner says, I think she has a point here. I think that he was an adult at the time. She's saying she wasn't pressed to have a child with him and they decided together to have a child. You know, nobody forced him to have a child with her. This was his decision as well. And, um, you know, anytime you're not using birth control, you are making that decision. So people need to be very clear about that. You can't trap someone who is in a consensual relationship and not taking active steps towards having a child, you could possibly have a child. Like that's what happens. So I think that Brittany is right on this point. I think that she saw the future for them or, you know, she saw money in her future, whatever she saw, you can't blame her because she's older than him to say that she trapped him and she preyed on him when, you know, the, when it's the other way around, nobody says anything. I mean, there's a lot of couples in the industry where the man is a lot older than the woman. And as long as she's over 18, you know, very few people have anything to say about it. So, I mean, it is what it is. I think a broken clock is right twice a day. 
And um, Brittany has a point there. All right, let's move on to the next topic. Real Housewives of Abu Dhabi. Andy Cohen announced today on the Today Show that the 11th Housewife franchise will be Dubai. The series has been greenlit. They've picked the cast and they are rolling into production. Um, I'm excited for this. You know, the Housewives have definitely strayed away from what they were known for, opulence, luxury. Now it just seems like we have a bunch of con artists robbing Peter to pay Paul to rent a house to look rich for six months, end up in jail, and then try to come back to the show. I mean, it's just gotten way, way too wild for me. I'm ready to see some actual rich people. Okay. That's what the show was founded on. That's what we want. I feel like the original Real Housewives gave us like house, like, um, real lives of the rich and famous vibes. You know, it's like, you're sitting around, you're eating your popcorn, you're looking at the screen and you're just like, yes, like this is the life. Like, gold dipped cookies and I think they're gonna have all of that in Dubai I'm so excited to see it I'm just like literally enamored with the cast I hope they get some more um women of darker hues I know they have a Lebanese woman but she looks kind of ambiguous I'm hoping they get someone like dark you know what I mean because they do have um some beautiful women that look like me my shade darker that are in Abu Dhabi and I want to see them make an effort from the start to have a diverse cast don't wait till later and try to throw a few black people in you know like make it diverse from the beginning so you don't have to run and scramble around later to find people of color and try to make the cast look more colorful you know what it presents as you know what I'm saying and Bravo definitely knows how to get an image across so don't just pick a couple Lebanese or Persian or Arab women and have them be very very fair to the point where no one can understand you know you can't easily see if they're black white or whatever let's find some people of color and get them on the screen so we can have that diverse cast that people have been wanting from the start and not have to play catch up later that's just my opinion, but I'm looking forward to see what the show gives and I'll probably review it at some point. All right. And the last topic, Pete Davidson and Kim Kardashian dating. Now the sleuths were on this again. Kim Kardashian recently hosted SNL. We covered it on the podcast, right? And Pete Davidson is a regular on SNL. He's on the show every week. He's part of the show. And they did a sketch together where Pete was Aladdin and Kim was Princess Jasmine. And many people that were looking skeptically at the show were like, there was no reason for them to kiss in the sketch comedy scene that they did together. But yet and still there was a kiss at the end of the scene. And people said there was a kiss because the two were, you know, secretly meeting up and going on dates and like, hanging out with each other before she hosted the show. And they thought that that was their way of kind of like putting it out there, but not putting it out there that they are dating. Um, Both are single right now. So there's no scandal as it pertains to that. Kim is divorced and Pete has broken up with the girlfriend that he was with um, most recently. So they're both single. Um, You know, could I see it? I, I, you know, I could definitely see it. <laughs> I could definitely see it. Um, 
Pete loves him, an older woman. Um, and he's a, you know, good looking guy. He's tall. He's funny. You know, I could see them together. They were spotted at Knott's Berry Farm, Knott's Berry Scary Farm, having a date. And you know how when the celebrities come um, to these places, they hop the line, right? So when you see somebody that's not, you know, physically impaired or they have an issue going on where they put them in front of the line, it's usually a celebrity that can't cause a lot of disruption and stuff if they're sitting in the line. So they push them up in the line so they can just get out and get on their way and not disrupt the entire theme park while they're visiting. And um, that happened and somebody got a video of it. It is on our Instagram now if you want to see it. I hope it's still in the stories, but if you get there quick, um, it'll still be in the stories, but you can search the hashtag Pete Davidson and you'll find it too. But there's different videos of them holding hands, going on roller coasters, having a nice little group date um, with some friends of theirs. So I, it looks legit to me. I wouldn't say, they, are they seriously dating? Probably not, but are they dating? I'd say, yeah. I'd say they've had a couple sneaky links. You know what I'm saying? Guys, I just love the word sneaky links. I keep saying it. All right. This has been, <laughs> this has been our trending topics for this week. Stay tuned for our sports report. Hello, hello, hello out there and welcome to the sports update with J-Rob. Today I will be covering news and notes from the NFL. So let's get started with some NFL news. Broncos star player Von Miller was traded from the Broncos to the Rams for a 2022 second and third round pick. Uh, The New Orleans Saints quarterback Jameis Winston is out for the season with a torn ACL and Tennessee Titans star running back Derrick Henry is possibly out for the season with a foot injury. Now let's get to what happened uh, with the games in week 8. The Seattle Seahawks blew out the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Seahawks held the Jaguars scoreless in the first three quarters. The New England Patriots beat the Los Angeles Chargers. Patriots running back Damian Harris had 23 carries for 80 yards and one touchdown. The New Orleans Saints defeated the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Buccaneers committed 11 penalties that gave the Saints 99 yards. The Denver Broncos beat the Washington football team. The Broncos quarterback Teddy Bridgewater passed for 213 yards and one touchdown. The Dallas Cowboys defeated the Minnesota Vikings. The Cowboys wide receiver Amari Cooper had eight receptions for 122 yards and one Touchdown. The Kansas City Chiefs beat the New York Giants. The Chiefs defended home field and are back to 500 with a record of 4 and 4. The Philadelphia Eagles absolutely destroyed the Detroit Lions. The Lions are still the only winless NFL team at 0 and 8. The Packers beat the Arizona Cardinals. The Packers handed the Cardinals their first loss of the season. The Los Angeles Rams blew out the Houston Texans. The Rams quarterback Matthew Stafford threw for 305 yards and 3 touchdowns. 
The San Francisco 49ers defeated the Chicago Bears. The 49ers outscored the Bears 24-9 in the second half. The New York Jets upset the Cincinnati Bengals. The Jets held the Bengals to just 318 total yards. The Tennessee Titans beat the Indianapolis Colts. The Titans wide receiver A.J. Brown had 10 receptions for 155 yards and a touchdown. The Pittsburgh Steelers defeated the Cleveland Browns. The Steelers running back Najee Harris rushed for 91 yards on 26 carries and had one touchdown in this AFC North matchup. The Carolina Panthers beat the Atlanta Falcons. The Panthers defense only allowed the Falcons to convert three of their ten third downs. And the Buffalo Bills defeated the Miami Dolphins. The Bills quarterback Josh Allen passed for 249 yards and one touchdown and he also ran for one touchdown. And this has been the Sports Update with J-Rob. Have an awesome week. All right, T-Crew, this is my favorite part of the podcast. You know what time it is. It's time for the deep dive where I get to shine a light on something that I've seen throughout the week or that I feel like it's not getting that much media attention. I had a couple different things in mind. So I put on our Instagram, what would you rather me talk about today for the deep dive, this TikTok cult or um, a story time that I kind of was like putting together that happened to me that I wanted to do on the podcast. And everybody was like, no, 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 we want to hear about this cult. So let's get into this. Um, I have to give you a trigger warning. There is a lot of manipulation. Um, if you're triggered by cults, if you're triggered by, um, people, um, having, taking advantage of those with low self-esteem or, um, people, uh, fishing in different communities, whether it's black fishing, stud fishing, whatever, if any of that triggers you, this might not be the deep dive for you and that's okay. We'll be back next week with something completely different, um, that I hope you'll be able to enjoy. So if that is you, then take care of yourself and click off. If not, let's get into this mess. Okay. Firstly, let's get into it. This is, this cult is called daddy's girl cult. And it's basically a TikTok cult that focuses on BBW lesbians. So BBW are, you know, big, beautiful women that are lesbians. And a TikTok user named Angela the Goddess um, was actually a BBW woman that lost nearly 100 pounds. And she became, you know, a more slim figured woman, but she still has an affinity and a preference for BBW women. Now that within itself is no problem, right? She's a woman. She used to be BBW. Her sexual preference is still BBW. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that, but this is where the story takes a turn for the worse. So Angela has lost all this weight. Um, and she begins to form a group of close followers on TikTok that pay her, pray to her, must go live on TikTok and literally sing her praises, talk about how great she is, talk about how she leads them and guides them um, spiritually. They're not to talk to anybody else besides her and those that they work with and those other women that are in the cult. 
um, they have to complete certain tasks to her before they leave the house. And they also are obligated to buy her oils and lotions. So that's a lot. Let's kind of unpack some of this stuff. So when I say pray to her, I actually was watching, um, the plainest Jane last night, shout out to her. And she did a whole live on this topic, like over an hour on the topic. And she really breaks everything down. If you want, um, more details or you want to see some of the clips firsthand, I would highly recommend her video. Um, her channel again is the plainest Jane and, um, she just breaks everything down. But for a shorter little synopsis, it's basically them getting on TikTok live and praying to Angela, singing her praises, literally crying about how awesome she is to them and the things that she offers them and the guidance that she provides them and the stability. And I'm just like, where sway? Like y'all are paying for her stuff. You're funding her lifestyle and she's just inconveniencing you. But it's like, it's insane. So they pray to her, they pay her bills. Um, many, so what, what happens is basically Angela controls a lot of these women through their group chat. She has a group chat for the closest daddy's girls. Um, but they're about 70 members or so. Most of them never having meeting, met Angela in person. Some of them have met Angela in person, the closer, like 10 or 12 of them that are in the group chat. And what she does is she manipulates them. She brainwashes them. She, you know, restricts their access to the outside world so she can continue to have them focus only on her. And then she gets them to kind of control the other women, um, or help her control the other women in the cult. So she leads from the middle out. She has her little minions in the inner circle and they go out and do her bidding. It kind of reminds me of the Nexium cult a lot that we've covered back in a past episode in season one. If you're interested in this kind of thing, I would definitely look into that cult as well because they had on a larger scale, this same type of manipulation. It's like insane. So in addition to giving her cash payments, praying to her, going on, going live on TikTok several times a day to recruit new members, to basically talk about how great Angela is and to basically just show their devotion to Angela, that they're not going to do anything else. They're not going to run errands. They're not going to exercise. They're not going to walk their dog. They're not going to make their kids breakfast. They're not going to do anything until they get on TikTok and pray to Angela. That's how bad she has them locked into this. They have to report to her before doing anything else. Um, she also sells skin oils and lotions and the members of the cult are required to promote these lotions, tell their friends to buy them, buy them for family and friends, buy them for themselves. And it looks like every month or so they have to buy more lotion, whether they're out or not. I mean, for those of us that use oils and lotions and stuff like that, you don't always run out every month. Like you might have a little more, a little less, depending on how much you use. And for her to continuously tell them, like, you have to buy more, you have to buy more. And then it could always change if sales are low or she can't sell enough oil, then they have to buy more oil. It's just constant, like, give me your money, give me your money, give me your money. And the only exception to all of these rules is when they have to go to work. 
Um, but even when they're working, they're encouraged to not talk to people. They're told, you know, you belong to daddy. You cannot talk to anybody else. No outside relationships for sure. You have to be exclusively in this relationship with Angela and nobody else. Um, and she can be in tons of different relationships, right? Cause she's in close relationships with the inner 10 that have seen her and been around her. And then she's also, you know, having close relationships with the other girls, collecting their new photos and then threatening them with them, just all types of terrible things that she's doing. So one of the closer members, um, has exposed her child to the cult and CPS has been called and involved in the situation. So what happens is one of the closer members who I believe works from home goes live about four times a day. And she talks about Angela, how much she loves Angela, how she worships her. And, you know, people that have seen the clips were getting concerned for her teenage daughter who can be seen in the videos, just traipsing around the house, walking around the house back and forth. She's definitely being exposed to her mother's new TikTok cult lifestyle. The leader of the cult says that this woman has been with her for six months and she's never going anywhere. She has a tattoo on her chest of Angela's name and people call child protective services. They said that this woman is completely brainwashed. She's involved in a cult and we're scared for the teenager's life because this woman is not really, you know, she's not really in touch with reality right now. Um, it looks like the case is still open. And at this time, the teen has not been removed from the home. Um, but I'll keep you guys posted on that. If something comes up, I'll put it in like a, um, trending topics in a couple of weeks, but you know, I don't blame people for calling the CPS. Sometimes when you get into the rabbit hole and you watch all this content and you see all these videos, you really start to fear for the children because a lot of these women are, um, you know, they're lesbians or whatever, but they also have children from previous relationships or they have children with their partners, their past partners and their co-parenting and stuff like that. And these kids are completely exposed to this manipulative brainwashing lifestyle and it cannot be healthy for them. So Angela is also accused of stud fishing. Now this is pretending to be a masculine lesbian person by dressing and acting the part, but in reality, not identifying with this um, character. So, you know, just like in any sexual community, there's different types of categorizing for people and lesbians have a word called stud, which is a more masculine um, lesbian person. And so people are accusing Angela of not even being a stud, just pretending to be one to get money and to get sales in her oils. Um, some people have looked at her TikTok and seen that she is being promoted by TikTok because she has so many likes because she gets her, um, inner cult members to just go on her videos and like all her videos and leave tons of comments. So it gets worked into the algorithm and more and more people are seeing her content. Um, you know, she's making a lifestyle off of this. She's completely living off of it. And people are saying that, you know, it's all an act that she doesn't even really feel this way, but she's just doing it for the money completely. Um, so the next thing is Angela has prayed and manipulated women, um, that have been through a lot and have admittedly, 
um, suffered with depression and low self-esteem. So Angela has these women going live every day, four or five times a day. So these women will sometimes come on live and they'll share a lot of, of their story that they've went through before meeting Angela. And a lot of them have really tough situations where, you know, that one of, one of them has said she'd been abandoned with her child. Um, you know, her ex just kind of left them high and dry and she had to figure out a way to get through everything. And she was going through a really tough time when she met Angela. It's also worth noting that there's a waiting list to become part of this cult because Angela doesn't want to just accept anyone. She wants to vet every single person that comes into the cult because she wants a specific type of person that she can mold, that she can manipulate, that she can brainwash, that she can bend to her will. Um, and she's looking for that in people. She doesn't want just every other person. You know what I mean? It's like insane. Um, and the last thing I want to touch on is change.org has set up a petition, um, where you can go and they want to de-platform Angela. They want to get her off TikTok so she can stop causing all this chaos and really, you know, switching people's lives up, manipulating them. Like we won't know how much damage she's done until we can get all these women out of this cult and back into their regular lives. Like how much money they spent, how much oil they bought, how much they've been neglecting their responsibilities and their kids just to serve Angela. We won't know all that information until they leave the cult. So there's so much that hasn't come out. I'll probably do an update um, because the story is developing, but for now, you know, do your own research, look into it. If you want to, um, sign the change petition, you can, um, I think I'm definitely going to be signing it. Cause I just don't think this is right. What she's doing. It's just really gotten out of hand. And I feel so bad for these women. Um, you know, because everybody thinks like, I would never do something like that, but you just don't know what they're going through and you don't know what this woman has promised her. And it's also, you know, when you get cut off from the outside world that you can't talk to anybody else, it becomes a lot easier to feed into what she's selling. You know what I mean? But that has been today's deep dive. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Stay tuned for our outro comments. Okay, T crew, thank you so much for listening to this episode. Um, as always, thanks for sharing, um, reposting the episode, streaming it. We really appreciate you getting the podcast out there and helping the community to grow. As always, arrest the cops that killed Brianna Taylor. We won't stop until she gets the justice that she deserves. Have a beautiful day or night wherever you are, and I love you for listening. Bye.